Welcome, everyone. Uh, on behalf of the entire CalView team, we're very excited to have you join us today for a live CalView Q&A session with Senior Instructor Tony Kozanek. Uh, always great to be with you, Tony. Uh, very exciting, as always. Uh, you can ask questions at any point in the broadcast. Just simply type your questions in the chat. We have an expert tech team. Uh, huge thanks to them. They're collecting your questions throughout the broadcast. And then we'll ask Tony the questions here. And we do ask that you limit comments as much as possible to just the questions or possibly where you're viewing from. Uh, we're always happy to announce that a little bit later on. Uh, so without further ado, uh, Senior Instructor Tony Kozanek, always a thrill to be together. I'm very excited about today, Tony. Thanks, Mary. Uh, yeah, so the, this series of, uh, of broadcasts, it's called uh, Kabbalah Explained Simply, so maybe I should try to do that. <laughs> Usually I just jump in and, and, and start answering questions, but I, I, I would like to give you a simple framework for understanding, getting a conceptual grip onto what Kabbalah is and therefore what it can do for us. Um, Kabbalah explains to us that we live in a, a world of outcomes. And a lot of the phenomena, the doubt that we feel, um, comes from the fact that we're not functioning on a causal level at all. So many of the things that we try to do uh, and that we try to perceive uh, don't turn out the way that we intended or hoped that it would come out and maybe we don't even know how it should come out. We don't know what will happen in the next moment. Uh, the, the future, so to speak, is hidden from us and so are the, the bigger uh, states of reality that we long for. Questions like, is there a God or where is God or what what is spirituality or what is reality why am I here uh, what should I do what's the purpose of my existence uh, do I even exist all of these things come from the fact that we live in a world of outcomes and, and Kabbalah explains this to us how these things are hidden from us it's so woven into our nature that we don't perceive how this is working with us, but there is a, a, a simple general explanation. Uh, what, is, what does it mean that the world is in outcomes? It means that everything, there is a root level, a place where actions, meaningful actions, real actions that have effect uh, and that always succeed the basis of the reality that we live in, everything we see on the branch level, the world of outcomes, first exists in the root level and from there takes a form in our world. So that nothing that we do here uh, effectuates anything, really. Unless we are working with the same 
substance, let's say, which is the wrong way to say it, but this is the way our brain can grab it. The same substance, the same matter, as what occurs on, on the root level. So, the reality that we live in is governed by higher forces, what people call the creator or the light or the or uh, God, you know. But what it what it is is there are there are a level of forces that are causal forces, and then there are results that happen within us, and this is built into us. Uh, it's built into us when we were constructed. We can't imagine what a root force could possibly be. We think of everything in terms of our uh, our logic and our reason uh, by uh, the the material way in which we perceive. So what makes something, uh, what is that root level and what is, what is this branch level? Kabbalah tells us that the, the primary forces, the creative forces that, that make the world that we see are intentions. That's the closest way that we can understand it in, in terms of our experience. They are the reason why things occur, and they are, they are faultless and true. Only the reason for which something is to occur is ever in anything that does occur. But we're disconnected from this higher level because we don't really work, we don't recognize what intention is in us, we don't work with it. We're always working with the opposite quality. So generally and simply what these two qualities are is the causal level is a quality that you could call giving or bestowal. It does not think of itself in any way, is there only to fulfill everything. And the root level is an opposite intention, which is an intention to receive, which is always focused on the self. And it is that quality that hides the greater reality from us, the context in which we live. And all of this is really baked into us. The fact is we actually do have access to this causal level, to this root level. Kabbalah is a method that, that, can tr that trains a person, or a person trains themselves <clears throat> in connection with other people to be able to perceive what this higher level, where intention is, to, to see past the hiddenness of this quality in us. And we get this access through a thing called equivalence of form. That is, when our intention here in the world of outcomes starts to match the intention, the giving intention of the upper intentions, then we, we begin to see through the hiddenness. We begin to work on that level for the good of others and ourselves. And we can see what it is that uh, should happen, does happen, and we, and we aid the fulfillment of everything in life. In other words, that's the rule of the game. It's not something that a person can achieve uh, in their imagination. It doesn't just happen. It happens as a result of, of a desire and work and a methodology so that a person can reach, first identify what intention is in all of this mess of our inner life, and then work with it in such a way
that it be it uh, assumes exactly the same direction, velocity, and purpose as that upper force, then our reality, our perception of reality expands and we become, um, let's say, a worker uh, of those upper forces. Life starts to work, and not just for us, but for everybody. That's what Kabbalah teaches, the methodology of how to rise from the, from the branch level to the root level and do the same thing as the upper force does. I hope that was simple enough. Uh, at least it'll give you something to think about. So let's go to the questions. Sure. I think you've uh, pretty much answered this first question, Tony, from Yako Roloffs on giving the giving intention and for the good of others. Uh, he's asking, hi, Tony. I've been studying for a few years now. Can we change reality by intention or desire for the benefit of others, which you mentioned? So I don't know, maybe you want to elaborate on the intention and the desire? Your reality changes, but uh, it, it's it's you, it's us, it's it's the creature that uh, is really undergoing the change and aligning with the intention that comes from from the from the upper level. That upper level is called light. So we we become more and more like the light. We want what the light wants for the fulfillment of the whole. It's not that we make it happen. It's that we are exactly aligned and want exactly the same thing as that upper force. So it feels to us as though it is what we want and what we want is happening. But it's really that we become more and more refined, more and more aligned with that upper intention. Okay. Thank you, Yako also added, uh, thank you for all your efforts. Thank you for your question, Yako. Next question comes from Gear Bakewell. How do we actually engage with these teachings beyond reading and watching videos? You uh, join our online uh, university. Uh, there's a complete set of curricula that, that will take a person from basic concepts all the way through to being a, what would you call a, a Kabbalist, a practitioner of this, and, and really beginning to, to work in a practical way with it. There are four semesters, and, uh, and then there's an ex, uh, uh, a way of remaining connected in what's called the grad environment, uh, and uh, working uh, directly with, uh, with our teacher Kabbalist, uh, uh, Dr. Michael Lightman, uh, in the advanced lessons and so on. And uh, all of that, that path is completely laid out at CobU. Uh, and you can try it out. Uh, you know, you can, you can see if, that, if it's for you, and then if it's for you, go ahead to enroll in it. There's lots of information there. There's lots of... Uh, Sort of ancillary courses, and uh, and then there's the there's the central course that that teaches you uh, how to begin to discern these things and how to use them and how to work with others because working with others is what makes it a reality. And all of that's laid out. Um, we support you all through that. You uh, you'll have access to to uh, the important texts in a very organized way and to instructors, and to direct contact, and to uh, a forum in which all of your questions can be answered by instructors. And so you, you, 
you can be working constantly with it. It's a very practical process. It's an educational process. The next question uh, comes from a YouTube viewer, Rahul Bhatia. Hi, I am Rahul from India. Why was there a desire in the creator? What purpose is this for this existence? We say that's the way we have to talk about it, you know, because that's the way the ego understands these things. There was a desire in the creator. No, there, there is only... There is only the fact of the, the, the creator. Let me give you another context. There is the essence of, of being, and Kabbalah calls that the, the secrets of Kabbalah. In other words, you, it's, you can't speak about it. It's impossible. The human mind uh, uh, and the, the soul itself cannot attain this because we're a creature. But there is a relationship with this pure fact of, and that pure fact is desire, uh, is bestowal, giving, love, sustenance, creation, support, fulfillment, uh, a treasure chest that has no bottom, all good and all bounty towards the created existence, you the creature, us. Uh, the relationship is called creator. It's the way that the, the soul, the, the apparatus, the spiritual <clears throat> apparatus inside us relates, excuse me, relates to the upper force. It's the place in which we can couple with that essence. So it's not that there was, there is a desire. That's just the quality of, uh, of the pure love of existence. Okay. My cat wants something and she's telling me and you can hear her just sort of moaning, give me. Okay, here you go. <laughs> okay. Next question is from Elsie Chapman viewing on Facebook. Hi, Tony. My question is, we mentioned in classes that in order to receive, we need to have the intention of bestowing to the creator. In other words, to give pleasure to the creator by receiving what he is sharing. But there are life situations where we don't receive what we want, even with this intention in mind. Can you explain the discrepancy here? If there well, is one. Yeah, the discrepancy is where you're trying to apply this at this point in your development. It's not about you in your life and receiving what you want or don't want in general. It's only about your work in relation to the instruction of the sages, uh, the work of uh, uh, attaining the screen, um, of attaining love of friends. That's it. And with the people that you're studying with. If you try to apply this to the world in general, you will become confused. So there really isn't a discrepancy. You're supposed to feel need. Uh, you have to have a vessel in, in order for the light to be able to, to enter it. You can't be enlightened unless you want the light. So all of these things that we don't receive help us 
help direct us towards a correct need, away from the things that uh, we think we want that really only blind us and hide uh, the spiritual reality from us. And each time we fail with those things, it, it nudges us towards a desire for the right thing. As soon as we have a desire for the right thing, we, we now have the capacity to receive the right thing, which is the light, away from uh, what we think w would fulfill us to what the how the light wants to fulfill us, because the light has only one intention, and that is to bring us to complete fulfillment in terms of the real reality. And what we want is we want our, our limited realities and our limited pleasures and satisfactions filled, and we use that as a gauge and a measure as to whether our life is succeeding. That's not the gauge. That's not the measure. Our ability to give to others, to give to the which is essentially giving to the Creator, is that's the real fulfillment, but we don't feel it that way. We don't like it. It's very opposed to us. And it's something that we have to learn. Okay. Hey, Tony, we have a question from Buzzy Grumbleton. Hi there, Buzz. The question is, how necessary is it to interact with other humans? If I help humanity in some way, can I get away with being a recluse the rest of the time? I, I hope Buzzy, what's the name? Buzzy Grumbleton. Grumbleton. Yeah, that's a perfect name for a recluse. Uh, no, you can't get away with it. The, the purpose of, of our existence is the, is the integration, the reintegration of the shattered perception of self into the whole, identifying with the whole of creation, which is done through the, the connection with other people. Our, our consciousness and good comes from that. There is no good that we can do without involvement with people um, because it will not have the correct intention. The intention has to be to heal the rifts of the shattered perception of reality between all people and that's done by your love. It's not done by some uh, objective missile of so-called good that's, that's sent at a target. It, it, it never gets there. As a matter of fact, it does more damage than good. Your heart and your 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 struggle with with our with the egoistic intention is what elevates you it doesn't just elevate you it elevates all of reality because you're not separated from reality but the idea of being a, a recluse just means i'm waiting to start the work for which i was created i'm putting off dealing with the purpose of my existence uh, we all have the tendency to be reclusive. Nobody wants to do this work. Everybody uh, is made out of the same opposite matter to the, to the spiritual. But a world that works only happens when each of us take on the responsibility of making our intention as real as it possibly can be, of going against functioning above our nature, even if we don't like it, even in, even in the midst of trying to make this kind of loving connection with others. And I don't just mean love and like kumbaya. This is to, to function over disconnection and hate. Because the force of nature 
integrates everything. Even on when you look at natural settings and uh, ecology, you'll see that everything is integrated. But if you you know on the on the macro, absolutely everything is managed and integrated in a in a, like a ballet and a symphony. But if you look at the individual relationships between species and so on, you're going to see one eats the other and so on. But that's all part of the dance. There is a love that functions and connects the whole thing into a higher purpose. It's not measured on that broken level. It's, our work is measured on the integral level, on functioning, learning how to use that dislike, hatred, and disconnection. And regardless of that, still function towards the whole. Love, doing good to the good and the bad, which is the highest quality of the Creator. Um, love can only function when there's hate. We're, we all have to achieve this thing that you feel only you have to achieve. Mary? Uh, we have a follow-up question from Yako Roloffs. Uh, thank you, Tony, for answering his last question. So if I have the desire to have a successful business and my intention is to bestow to my family which is a or nonprofit organization, <laughs> uplift the community and the needy, then this will happen because it was the will of the creator, but I feel the desire is my own, but reality is all the creator. So is it my desire? Is it the creator? What's happening here? If I have this desire and intention to bestow to my family? N no. The desire that you have to bestow to your family is what we must achieve in relation to everyone else in the world. But you can't get there by just doing things in the physical world about your, your own sustenance and your own family. That's something you're, you're not even, you don't even have an intention in that regard. That's given to you on the instinctive animal level from nature. That's not you. You are a higher uh, aspect within you that must do this completely independently and against your nature. Uh, it has to be that you can do this regardless of the resistance that occurs. And it's not about what you do in this world first. If you want to learn to do this, you have, to, you have to learn the method of doing this, and then when you locate what intention actually is, which you will if you study, because it's built into the system and it's where nature wants to take you anyway. So you will learn just the same way that you grew up. You were a little kid and then you grew up. But spiritual maturity means to, that it has to be completely conscious. Has, uh, you, it, it's, every step is a matter of choice and overcoming. And when you achieve that, uh, uh, and you learn to do that in a real way with other people, then everything you do in your life, no matter what it is, will be coming from the correct intention, and everything will be successful and, and aligned with the desire of nature itself. Uh, there are two different theaters of action. You have to learn to, to function on the root level of reality, and you can't reach the uh, the root level from the material level. You have to you have to 
ascend to that to that level through uh, through instruction, and then everything you do from that level works just like nature, and and all of the good outcome happens uh, on the material or on the egoistic level between people. Okay, thank you, Tony. Next question comes from Jose Fawaz. Hello, Mr. Tony. I would like to know more about the middle lines. Thank you. I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not going to go into the middle lines. You need to know so much first that there's no way that I can begin to explain that to you. So if you study and you can come with a concrete, specific question, then I'll be able to, I'll have something with which to work to make the answer. But on that basis, I can't. Okay, Jared Stenerson wants to know, my question is, where can we physically connect? Nuns have convents, monks have monasteries, so where can Kabbalists connect physically with one another? Okay, well, why do you think it's so important to connect physically? Uh, uh, the, the important thing to do is to, uh, is first of all, not to be so completely uh, anchored into the physical, and to be able to, to see what's real and unreal, what gets hidden by the physical, and what gets revealed, let's say, by the virtual. You don't need to learn in a physical situation. You can learn everything that you need to learn in a virtual situation, which, you know, technology has evolved to the point where uh, it, now it can help humanity learn the method of Kabbalah, because you can, you can be in connection. Uh, you can see and hear people at a, it doesn't matter where they are in the world. You can receive instruction in, in, in that, uh, on the web, and, uh, and you can learn and work with other people that way. You don't need to go to a monastery or uh, to a seminary in order to do this. Uh, our seminary is virtual. We do have events where thousands of people get together uh, and, and, and meet, celebrate, study, and, and all that. But that's, if we went that way, it would go too slow. And there's a lot of pressure on us. Your development would go too slow. Uh, the whole point of, of uh, spiritual study is that it's, you don't just go fast. You have to accelerate. You have to be going faster than, the, than nature's egoistic wave. You have to get ahead of it. And uh, so working virtually allows us to, to move at a very high speed with each other, to learn from everyone, which is the more people that you are uh, in contact with, the greater the intensity and velocity of your development will be. So as I said before, CobU is a virtual university in which you get to work on the intentional level with people, and it becomes very clear uh, what what is intention and what is not intention when you start seeing the difference between the physical and the virtual or intentional level of reality next um maybe you can expand on that uh sense of togetherness tony jared has a follow-up question about there being a physical university location he just can't practice alone anymore at all yet there is that community of the online studies? Yeah, well, the people who study um, in CobU are a community. Um, first of all, it's like going to a school in which you have uh, all your classmates in a semester. 
And eventually you begin uh, working with a working group that we call a 10. Uh, and it's a very, you know, very kind of intimate and real relationship based on the goal of the work. Uh, so it's, you know, you're, you're working with a very special, specialized, almost commando group, <laughs> in a sense, that you, that in which you are learning from the problems and resistances that you have with working that closely with people. It's like, kind of like going into a cave, you know, to study. But you also have their assistance because you take on, we, we have very, very small desire for spirituality. But when you're in a group of people, say 10, you have 10 times the intensity of desire towards the spiritual because we're not individuals. And all of these people so are, are sort of disowned parts of you. So the intensity of desire grows as this desire melds. Also, you learn from the differences. So this is like, this is as real or more real than, than physical work. Okay. Okay, thanks, Tony. Yes, Sivash Simo is asking, how can we save more light? to make uh, life better for ourselves? The intention is not to save light. The intention is to uh, transmit it from the, place, the, the one place where it actually comes. We want to open ourselves to be so much like the intention of the light that it passes through us to others. We benefit from it passing through us, but it's not about making my life better. It's about making the, the integral reality of, of our being, our experience, fulfilling that, making that better. Okay. Okay, a bit of a follow-up question to that. Elsie Chapman is asking, how can we know where we are on the spiritual path as we are trying not to anchor in the physical and connect to the world our physical senses um, because they don't work? for the spiritual. So how can we know if we are in the right direction or even improving on the spiritual path? You actually don't need to know that. You need to have the resolve to, to try again and again and again, not for your sake and not to measure your development but according to the intention behind what it is that we're trying to achieve here, which is, direct, is, which is directed outward. Uh, but when you feel challenged on the correct issue, on not wanting to connect, on uh, feeling your ego being challenged by some interaction or some... And, and nonetheless going ahead and and working and making that attempt for the for the connection even if you feel you can't do it if you're doing that you are advancing the most important thing is the is the movement is the motion not where you are because you don't have an adequate means of measuring your speed when you're moving at the speed of light according to what the light wants from us you really can't relate it to anything else. It is, it is light, 
or it is not light. It is either altruistic or it is uh, egoistically aimed. And all we want to do ultimately is to be in that place where we are a conduit for that. That happens through our effort. Sometimes it feels like it's closed and we're lost and we feel like we're millions of light years away from the goal. And in the next moment, through the, through the work, we can feel that we are, that our heart is completely open, that we're enthralled by the, by the people that we're with, that we begin to see reality changing. So, it, you know, the, how do you compare a state like that? It, 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 it really has to do with working no matter what, because nothing stands in the way of the, of the upper light. Nothing can stand in the way of bestowal. It is, it, it is everything <laughs> except our perception. Our perception is the only thing that appears not to be that. And if we're working towards it, we're already in the flow. It's not something that we should worry about. We should try to focus ourselves towards what we want to give, thinking about giving and overcoming. And then we know that we're in the right place. Okay, Tony, I'd like to share where our viewers are tuning in from today all over the world. Uh, thank you for dropping a note in the chat. Uh, we have friends viewing from Sydney, Australia, the Netherlands, Romania, Utah, London, Bulgaria. Oh, friends uh, joined back again from Jupiter, Jupiter, Florida, that is. London, England, New Mexico, Venezuela, Colorado, Finland, Ecuador, Quebec, South Africa, Portugal, India, Ohio, York, that's York, Michigan, Mendoza, Argentina, Lesotho, St. Louis, Missouri, Denmark, Sweden, Ireland, Romania, El Paso, Texas, Oakland, Tennessee, and France. Thank you. And you can continue to share those in the chats and I'll read some more a little bit later. Going to our next question. Oh, Cookie Monster is back too. <laughs> Jupiter and Cookie Monster. <laughs> it's a great day. Uh, Cookie Monster is asking, will the practice of Hibodadut help me to grow? Well, I don't know what you mean by, by that term, but it, it simply means discernment. If you're, if you're taking your definition from uh, works about Kabbalistic meditation, that is not what it is. It's inaccurate. Uh, is, uh, is kind of a contemplation or the, the assessment uh, of the heart uh, in, in the work. It's, it's kind of self-judgment. It's, it's a, a contemplative grasp as much as possible and as expansive as possible into our work in the integral system. Uh, it, is, it has nothing to do with letter manipulation or or meditation which actually does not exist in the actual practice of kabbalah it's a misunderstanding actually a related question tony from saraya aziz Suleiman: are there other methods that help humanity advance the way kabbalah does like sufism for example yes yeah, sufism is very 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 close uh but it's not the externals that are that are similar or that mean anything. It's the relationship 
in particular in Sufism, the relationship of the student to the teacher. Uh, because I believe that still in Sufism, it still is a one-to-one -one sort of practice. And you know that the, and Sufism came from Kabbalah. But it, uh, it's, it is adapted to its, to its culture. Um, in, and Kabbalah was very much like that uh, up until the end of, uh, of the last century, up until about 1995, where it moved from the mouth-to-mouth -mouth direct teaching of a, of a, usually of one student who be, subsequently became the, the Kabbalist or the master, or however you want to say, the teacher. Uh, because humanity evolved, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm having a thing with my throat today. Because the because humanity evolved so quickly and radically, and this was actually predicted, the, the sages knew this was going to happen at this point in time, uh, we no longer pass on the methodology to individually, because the level of humanity has risen, or you can say sunk, <laughs> to such a degree that our desire can now... Uh, needs needs uh, the methodology of Kabbalah and can grasp it. Most of humanity could grasp it if they had a desire for it. So it is the it's humanity in general or large numbers of people who are the direct disciples of the of the sages because we're not individuals. We're no longer stuck in that illusion. We are already globalized even on the material level. Uh, and, you know, uh, egoistically trying to use that in some way. But we know that we've come to the end. We can't do that. We've become completely globalized. We are completely dependent on each other, though we think that somehow we can dominate all of humanity and, and benefit from it. That's not possible. And the systems that we have now are completely falling apart because you can't apply, you can't live in a completely integral and, and globalized reality in any way with, at all, without living for other people, for the whole. And that's what we're learning now, uh, in general, all of humanity, whether they're interested in Sufism or, or, or any spiritual path or Kabbalah, they're learning that's not possible, and that they hate <laughs> that situation. They hate being responsible for everybody else and everybody else being responsible for the quality of your life. Kabbalah teaches us how to enter that collectively. So there, it, it's, Sufism is based on exactly the same principles of nature, the, the, the actual reality, but Kabbalah has sort of picked up its, its speed and aligned with the state of humanity in general and uh, is open to all and that the success of this, um, of nature's school, is when the, a large mass of, of humanity comes to learn and understand this. Long explanation, but I guess it was worth it. Okay, thank you, Tony. Next question comes from Martin. Hello, Tony. My life has never been the way I wanted, as if I'm restricted by some kind of karma. How can I change on the root level to change my life here on the material or branch level? You can't do it for that reason. 
The only way that it's possible to 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 ascend to that level, you know, to work from the root level, uh, is if you're not doing it for any reason other than to fulfill the purpose of your life. Not that things should be better for you or any of that, but because there is a desire in you that's aligned with what nature, where nature wants to take you. And the only thing that, that we want is to, to be able to sense this and feel this. That also there is this sense that we need to, that if things are going to get better, we're going to have to change. I have to change. So the question is, what, what am I and what has to change? Uh, and if we feel that we understand that we have a responsibility here and we want this more than anything else, then we get onto the correct track that will, that will raise us to that uh, root level. Everything uh, will improve because it maybe even it's the same world. Maybe it's even the same conditions. But that, you're not going to feel it that way. So in the place where it really matters, where you, you know, experientially how your life feels or how life feels to you is not what it is objectively because you're not anyplace else but inside of your own heart. How it feels in your heart will be your reality. So if you follow your heart in order to, because you want this more than anything, you'll get that and everything in your life will change. Okay, YouTube viewer, need to know, needs to know. I went and watched the new Avatar movie last night and wondered if the writer-director is a Kabbalist. The similarities are startling from the Tree of Life, indigenous reasonings, nature's battles, etc. Well, I don't know the writer, so I, I don't know what they know. Um, but I think it's more that you're, you're aligned with those things. And it, if, uh, you know, the thing about art is that artists don't know everything. They don't know much. I mean, they're like us, but, but there's a certain grace, uh, balance and a sense of beauty that they have. Now it can be, art can be great when it's a kind of a totem, when it really, where the honesty of the of the artist is sufficient to reflect actual structures in nature you know it just they appear there because the the artist is not getting in the way uh and that's and then if they have a, a lot of skill on top of that deep search and deep honesty then you're gonna you know you'll experience something of the truth of nature in its in a beautiful expression of it which will makes it easier for it to enter your heart but there's good art and there's bad art you know some some artists just impose their ideas on everything limit and so on and or are talking about things much smaller than what would appeal to your heart or would lift people so if you see something like that reflected it's both the quality of your heart, your wanting to understand, your need to know, and the artist's 
commitment to following uh, their need to know. Next question is from M, a very deep question. Is there hope for redemption for someone who has lived an egotistical life full of selfishness, who has perhaps lived a life of crime, been to prison, been an addict, and perhaps has hurt others? How can we feel good about our own lives improving as the others we may have hurt continue to decline? Uh, you don't know that they're declining because everybody's on a, on a, a learning path and everybody is, is undergoing corrections. Um, but look, every aspect of the soul that was created is not on its own. It's part of the whole creature. And every part of the creature was only created in order to be, as you say, redeemed. Let's call it fulfilled. Everybody. And uh, the highest light uh, enters the lowest vessel. That's, think about that. The most exalted light comes with the correction of the so-called lowest vessel. I'm not saying that you are a low vessel, but this is the way that nature works. First of all, everything is going to be fulfilled and completed. That's why it was created. It's, there's nothing random here. And the path that people take in their, in, that, that necessitates learning particular things, a person who, that says that there can be no righteous who has not first sinned. It's not possible that the, nature constructs it so that first we are given the need. You, if you are referring to yourself in this example, and I don't know, if you, you have um, a learning path in which you have the, a, the deepest need for a complete correction, so you can you draw the most... Uh, fulfillment into that and you you're doing real work that way if you work if you work in order to to correct it but nobody is going to be left out and um, and the work that you do in that direction will be the most exalted work of you know in the soul next next question is from Elsie Chapman are angel connections mentioned in the study of Kabbalah, or do we concentrate solely on the light? An angel is a force of nature, like the force of gravity, or, or uh, light, or electromagnetic fields, or they are pure intentional forces, developmental forces, working on uh, the soul, both on the physical and uh, in, the, in the spiritual level. They are not entities, people. They are the will of the Creator being carried out without question because they are His intention. They're not. They're not uh, like the not like the creature that was created, 
They they are uh, the law uh, that comes from the will of the of uh, the creator. Okay, next question is from Finding the Name. Jeff here. Which courses do you offer that would be good for someone who comes from a religious background and wants to dive into the original text more? Everything. Every course is like that. Uh, but if you're talking about you want to dive into the Bible, we don't use the Bible as a... Uh, it is a Kabbalistic text, but we don't use it because it it's very confusing to people. It's written in such a way that uh, it seems as though it's talking about the physical, and it's not. It's talking about the intentional level and how, uh, how the, the soul evolves through that. Um, but what I can say is that if you learn directly from the, the, the Kabbalistic texts, which are much more scientific, so to speak, in nature, much more direct, then you can look at uh, what you're calling religious texts or the Bible uh, with a deep understanding of what it's truly talking about and what it is not talking about. Uh, I wouldn't. If if you're interested in learning this, then uh, you know it's a different level. It's a different level, and you may find even a after learning this that you. I'll leave it there. <laughs> I'll leave it there. Okay, next from Vanya Luke. Hello from Peru. Hello, Peru. Mark, yeah, great to have you with us, Vanya. Uh, my question is, I suffer a lot when I see poor people and beggars, and I don't know how to approach this reality. What is the Kabbalist approach? Um, that what we see in the suffering of other people is coming from our lack of correction because we wouldn't allow a world like that you know individually on the physical level you can't do anything but on the intentional level and especially in work with other people you can completely change uh the way in which society as a whole works what its organizing principle is and all that you can't do it politically and you can't do it physically and you can't do it with charity and you it is not possible it's only possible from the root level from from the intentional level from the correcting yourself uh, and the momentum that that occurs when a, a large number when most of the of the shattered original creature us begins connecting uh, for the right reason you will see that these things become corrected. If there's, on the other hand, if there is something right in front of you, someone with a need directly there, do something. It do, you know, it doesn't mean to, to disconnect from that. But on the holistic level, for, for, to see changes in society, it has to happen by correcting the individual and connecting the corrected individuals to each other and then the reason that we have society and what we work for and what we want out of it, uh, it just becomes changed by nature in the same way that a caterpillar is turned into a butterfly. Nature, we're, we're aligned with nature's processes and nature will then take those processes to fulfillment. If we're not aligned with them, if we re refuse to change, if we think it's somebody else's job, nothing changes. It rots. 
Okay, next we have a question from a student um, of some level uh, from Anka Madalena Patriscu. Hi, I am Anka from Romania. During this class, I had contradictory feelings. During studying time, my soul feels nourished and it feels like it's going back to its roots. On the other hand, another part of me opposes this process, telling me that I'll never be truly altruistic and that I'd be better off learning other skills that will help me on a daily basis. Is this something normal or is my will to study too weak? That's the process. You see, and this is something that people don't understand about nature. That's how nature works with us all the time about everything. But we don't, we don't understand that it has a left and a right hand. Right hand, left hand. You know, we, we somehow think that shouldn't be happening. The whole, this is why we don't succeed in life. I'm not just talking about you. But we have crises of, of faith and so on. And we, the whole point is that these things are how nature works with us. But what we need to do is to learn how to bridge that so that we are still moving forward regardless of that and we begin to understand that when it pushes us away it's creating a deeper need but for what you know and that that's the thing that's the whole question uh, desire is the is the means of transportation of transformation in in this work and you need the resistance otherwise you'll just you won't advance uh, there is a process, we call it sort of ups and downs, in which first you, you, you let's say you read or you're doing something with friends and, it's, and you, you begin to ascend. I used to find this particularly in, in the reading of, of the uh, original texts. You, you know, you begin to perceive differently and you sort of, you, you see the world in a very different way. And then like, then say a few hours later, it's completely gone. You just, you're down, and not only are you down somewhere, you're way below where you were before you started in the first place. But it actually doesn't, nature doesn't move us just like that. It moves us like, like a spiral. You know, that sort of ascending spiral, that, that sort of perfect mathematical evolutionary curve, that's what, that's what we're going through. And that's what we need to learn to master. That's the, that is the whole point of the method. If you learn how to master the way that uh, nature entices and rejects within your heart, now you're functioning on a higher level. Now it doesn't have to do with how smart, how much do I feel, but what is my intention? Where am I going? What, did it, what is it that I want to achieve and for whom? Because that, that can function regardless of this except that it becomes more and more intense it drops lower and that lower uh, uh circumference radius brings you higher drops lower brings you higher you go even out of the frame of the physical world yes it's normal and it's good it's good that you're feeling that it means that you're growing Hey, Tony, I'd like to share just a few more locations. We have viewers from Kinshasa, Congo, the Seychelles, Arizona, Woodstock, Ontario, Peru, and Brooklyn. And again, thank you everyone for sharing your location with us. Um, next question is from Rowani Went. 
Is a red string the only form of protection from the evil eye? The evil eye is something that we have towards others. It, 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 the evil eye simply means the, the intention to receive in order to receive. I want to receive because that's my nature and I'm not going against my nature. There's no such thing as harm done to us by some external evil eye. There is also nothing to be protected from. There is none else, nothing, but the Creator and the Light. Even we are part of the, that there is none else but Him. There's nothing to be protected from. There's no need for protection. The red string is nonsense. It, it has to do with an egoistic conception of Kabbalah. You're already completely in uh, the, the development of nature and it's taking you only to one place and it's good that does good and it's completely to your benefit. You're safe, you're loved, you're protected. And the only thing that you need to do and the reason that you're here is to learn to want what what the creator wants for you that's it's more than protection it's it's um it's a guarantee it's a guarantee of fulfillment next okay next question is from donovan jans is there a feminine version of god in kabbalah if so would bringing about the feminine aspect of God more equally bring the world to a better place? The creation is divided into two forces, and they're called masculine and feminine. The masculine force is called, this, this is terminology, okay, it, just terminology, is called male. The will to receive is called female. These forces uh, are in everything that that is manifested and even those things that are hidden like our own emotions and and higher forces that we that we don't yet perceive it's not that god is male and female it's that the creation and the forces of creation are uh, arranged this way um the, those forces need to be integrated with each other and they actually are because both of those forces exist in everybody, whether they are externally uh, male or female. But they are, they're really talking about uh, our, the response of the heart, because remember the intentional level is what determines our reality and, and the higher forces are our only intentions. So it's the, what we're trying to do is feminine, learning to receive in order masculine to bestow we receive in order to bestow because our nature is to receive this is the integration of male and female in the human heart it's not it's not god it is our aligning with the with the the original intention behind creation uh and by the way what's what's really there's something really lovely about this that when humanity is completely united for this intention, this is called Shekhinah, and that is a, that is a feminine 
thing because it is it is the care, the love of the, of the mother for every other. Uh, every it sees everything in existence, every other person, as as a mother sees a child. So it's it's a quality of heart, and that's what uh, that's what the methodology methodology teaches us. That's the goal. That's where we're going. And I and with that, I think we've completed our broadcast. Okay, but don't go away. <laughs> we have some <laughs> announcements. Yeah. Uh, as I'm making the announcements, please, please, please check in the chats because there's really important links there that you don't want to miss. If you want to join CobU, if you're not already a CobU member, then we invite you to join. Uh, again, see the links in the chat. You'll gain access to several Kabbalah courses from beginners to advance. You join the world's largest online Kabbalah community. The ability to ask instructors questions in the student forums. You can ask anytime, any day. And access to a Kabbalah exclusive weekly webinar. Also, you get access to the next Kabbalah Revealed course with Tony. That starts on January 29th, 2023. Again, you can uh, join that course starting January 29th, 2023 with Tony. If you want to support CobU and you find our content valuable to you and you'd like to support CobU, you can do that in a couple of ways. You can become a CobU member or you can make a donation. And we always appreciate that because we all volunteer our time uh, to put on the broadcast. So special thanks, by the way, to our broadcast team. You don't see them, but they're here working very, very hard behind the scenes. And thank you for all the amazing questions. These are really great questions today. And Tony, you know I love you. <laughs> Always great to be together. I said mutual. 